Hello and welcome to another White Hit Mountain podcast. Um, I'm Faria Shams and I'm here with my colleague Sam Kors um, discussing another contentious probate matter. Uh, we're uh, discussing a new case study following on from part one um, that we published recently. Hi Faria. Uh, yes, yeah, so this is uh, this is one of um, Faria's matters, which has uh, just obviously been been tweaked slightly. Um, so the the, the facts here are Craig died in 2018, leaving behind a, a house and some personal belongings. Uh, the house had a small mortgage. Um, Craig had no family, but had three close friends, who were James, Paul and Angela. Uh, Craig had made a will appointing James and Paul to be his executors and wished for his estate to be divided equally between the, the three of James, Paul and Angela. And so, soon after Craig died, James expressed his interest in buying the property and the contents. Uh, which was ultimately the the whole of the estate. He offered a value for the estate, and Paul and Angela had had agreed to this, and this was all prepared and signed by by all, all of the beneficiaries. And then, about one week after the agreement, Angela had found that the valuation James uh, offered was much lower than the actual value of the estate, and and she challenged the the sale itself and, and the agreement. Uh, she proposed that. James should pay the market value for, for the estate assets. Uh, alternatively, asked that the executor should sell the assets in the open market with a view of achieving the maximum sale value. James, James denied this and insisted that the parties were bound by the signed agreement. And then f- five years actually passed and they still haven't reached uh, an agreement yet. Uh, the mortgage payments are now in arrears and the lender is uh, threatening of issuing repossession proceedings. Um, so my, my first question for Ria is what initial advice would you give to Paul here? Um, so Paul, um, as my client, would be um, facing two difficult, two different issues here. Um, the first issue is um, his responsibility as, a, as an executor or co-executor and how would he be affected or responsible for uh, the estate if anything goes wrong. Um, secondly, um, how is he um, affected by the sale as a beneficiary as he may be losing some money um, from this state if the, if the sale continues to James and um, he is not going to receive the full um, value for the property or his share of the full value for the property um, or the estate. Uh, the initial advice would be that um, he needs to um, consider his um, executive's responsibilities and make sure that he's not exposed to uh, any potential breaches by um, any of the beneficiaries uh, for this um, undervalued sale. Um, although he's not benefiting anything directly from this transaction, um, the, the fact that Angela, who is another beneficiary of the estate, um, is challenging the sale um, could um, make uh, or cause a major issue for Paul um, as a co-executor. Um, the executors um, of a state have joint and several liability and any issues or any um, breaches uh, caused by another executor, um, in this case being James, uh, would directly uh, affect Paul as well and Paul would be equally liable for those breaches. So um, the, the main point is that he should take reasonable steps to protect this state um, and then decide whether he should continue with the transaction or not. Well, thanks, thanks for it. Is what about the the agreement in two thousand and eighteen? Is that still enforceable? Um, so the the agreement was uh, between the three parties um, to uh, carry on with the transaction or, or, or to sell the property 
um, and the contents uh, to um, James. Um, it wasn't a, a sale agreement as, as such as it, it wasn't the transfer or, or a contract itself. So um, it was an agreement between the parties, no money changed hands, um, and a transfer wasn't signed for the, for the property in this state. And for that reason, uh, bearing in mind the date of that agreement, it's difficult to, say, uh, to enforce that agreement at this stage, although the parties could face some breach of contract claim against them, um, and, and there may be some financial loss for Paul um, from James. Um, the risks to Paul uh, to face um, as a contract breach of contract claim is a lot less than uh, being exposed to a potential claim by Angela or any other party uh, for breach of his direct um, his, his um, executor's duties. Um, uh, I would say because of the date of that um, agreement um, and the fact that it's so old now, um, although it may be enforceable if it goes to court, it's uh, untenable and it's not worth. Uh, continuing, so it can be challenged. Thank it's a vague, you. It's, it's just to add on on that, it's, it's a very vague argument um, that could be made by either party because it will be a matter for the court to decide mm. um, based on the facts. Oh, thanks, Freya. What, what steps should Paul take as an executor here to, to not only protect the estate but his own position as well? Um, so Paul uh, needs to make sure that uh, the estate is... Um, protected um, so he has to act in the best interest of the estate and selling the property to James um, at an undervalue is definitely not in the best interest of the estate. Um, the main um, step that he can take is to apply to the court to uh, remove um, James as a co-executor to stop his hindrance with the um, distribution of the estate and then um, when another executor is appointed uh, or um, maybe in his own capacity as a sole executor uh, can carry on with distribution of the estate in accordance with the provisions of the will. This is one of the steps that can be taken, um, although he needs to take into account the costs associated with making a court application um, because litigation can be quite um, expensive and all um, funds uh, for the litigation will be taken out of the estate. And uh, he needs to strike a balance between the costs of uh, applying to the court and the losses that the state may suffer as a result of the undervalue sale. And, um, and then he should decide whether it's worth proceeding with the court application or is it worth um, selling the property at an undervalue. Well, thanks for it. Interesting. Thank you for listening to the, the podcast again. Uh, of course, if you have any, if any of the circumstances discussed, if you can relate to them or if, you, if you're in a similar position or just more generally, if you have any queries at all, then please do get in touch with the Contentious Trust and Probate team here in order to have an initial meeting and obviously discuss, discuss the matter and re receive uh, comprehensive advice. Mm -hmm.